Welcome to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host, Julie Jancis. Today and this week is a really, really exciting week, friends. I have someone who is so close to me and she is getting married this week. I am just so excited for their big day coming up this weekend. So I wanted to take time today to sit down with my husband and just us talk to you together about the 10 things that we've learned in our first 10 years of marriage. We've been married for 10 years and we by no way, shape, or form are saying that we know everything because we absolutely do not. But you could say what we're going to share with you today, all these things that we're going to share with you today are the foundation of what we've built our relationship on over the last 10 years and what keeps it so strong and so healthy. Before we get started, I just want to let you know real quick, I've got the dates for the Angel School. So we are going to be running the Angel School September 21st, that's a Saturday, and Sunday, September 22nd. So if you want to learn how to be a Reiki Master Teacher and how to bring through messages from the other side for yourself, for other people, this is the course for you. I've got all of the details on my website. You can also email me with any questions that you have or to get registered. My website is www.jancis.com. That's J-A-N-C-I-U-S dot com. And my email is my first and last name at gmail.com. So juliejancis at gmail.com. And I am so excited for this Angel School because we've got so many people excited about the course, uh, talking about the course. We've had inquiries from Germany, from Asia, from a lot of different states in the United States. So we've got a lot of different people flying in for the course this time. And I'm really excited. So thank you, everybody, for your interest, for your support on this. Also, if you'd like to book a session with me, an angel reading or a Reiki session, I do both, you can do that on my website as well, or you can email me and I can help you set that up. I do both the angel message sessions and the Reiki sessions over phone, over Skype, over FaceTime, or in person at my Naperville location in Illinois. Now, most of you know that I pick a new winner each month if you write a positive review and send me a screenshot of that or email that review to me. I take that review and put it into a drawing and we select one winner each month for a 25-minute angel message session. The winner for July 2019 is Shonda1971. She writes, I know I was led here by spirit. You have helped ease my troubled heart and head more than you know. Your podcast gives me strength through your messages. Please do not ever stop. If you are seeking hope and meaning, please listen to Julie. She has a gift and I couldn't thank her more. Shonda, congratulations! You won the July 2019 drawing. I'm going to be giving away another session in August 2019, so please If you haven't yet, definitely write a positive review and email me a screenshot of that so I have a way to get a hold of you 
Or you could just copy and paste and email me a copy of that review. Uh, it's just an easier way for me to get a hold of you afterwards to let you know that you've won because you're not just in one time. You are in that drawing every month until you win. Okay, friends, I am here with my husband, Blake. Hi. <laughs> um, and we are talking about marriage this week in celebration of someone that we're very close to who's getting married. And I guess if we could sit down and share any tips that we have over the last 10 years of marriage, we've narrowed it down to these are the top 10 tips that we would, we would give anyone. So tip number one is read the seven principles for making marriage work. That was supposed to be my line, woman. (laughs) Okay, continue. All right, by John M. Gottman, G-O-T-T-M-A-N. And what Julie and I both did was we got our own copies and we read them on our own. And I took a lot of notes and I thought I wasn't doing anything wrong. And this book really showed, whoa, I can see why Julie is feeling the way she does. And everything that comes down to what we're going to talk about today is about feelings and your core feelings. And I'm 41 and it. I joke that it took me 40 and a half years to figure out how to do this thing right. But we've done three years of counseling and that has been a world changer But counseling only works when you want it to work and when you want to change. And I wanted to make sure my marriage is healthy so I could be a better husband and a better father. And I should say here, we weren't having huge issues, but we had gone through a a lot of things. You know, I remember when somebody else to us, very close to us, was getting married. I don't know if it was probably six, seven years ago, but I remember us looking at each other. And, you know, you go through all of these vows through thick and through thin, and it shouldn't be like if something happens in your marriage, you have to stay close together. It's a win because there's so many different things that are going to come up. Our issues came up when Elle was born with so many different medical issues that put us in the hospital for six months. She didn't eat by mouth. She ate through a tube that we had to blend her food for every day and and manually give to her inner tube for the first three years of life. So So that's kind of where we um, were starting to not be connected. And and I say that because our counselor said that. (laughs) And it makes so much sense because we're, we're just trying to survive How do we take care of this? I'm tired. Julie's tired. Uh, I got to work. She's got to work. How do we balance all this stuff? And then you start to have resentment when things in the home don't look right. And that would be my anxiety. And again, we will get into these feelings soon. Yeah. (laughs) So that leads us into number two. But I guess I should say with the seven principles for making marriage work, what we did, like Blake said, was we both got our own copy of it. And that was so fantastic because the book goes through all these different scenarios. And at the end of each chapter, there's all these questions. And there's those questions are really homework for you and your partner to do together to ask one another the questions. And it really helps you to reconnect with your spouse, to get back on the same page. So we definitely really recommend this book, reading it together, but having your own copy so that you can read one chapter a week, do the questions together. 
and it, it's like your homework, right? Well, it's activities for you to do. That's a connecting activity, which yeah. is very good for your marriage, for any relationship. Yeah. And this book, and I guess I might say this at the end, if anything, this makes you be a better person, a, a better teacher, a better employer. It just helps you with everybody in your life, your parents to your siblings to your children. All your relationships. Yeah. yeah. So the second thing that we wrote down is staying connected. And this is something that, like Blake said, was drilled into us over the last, you know, three years uh, in counseling. And we go to a counselor who is just off the charts fantastic. He says that going to counseling is like getting your oil changed on your car. If you don't get your oil changed, your car is going to break down. So we keep a standard like one month appointment at the counselor's office to just sit down and and to talk with each other. But our homework every day with the counselor early on was to use this tool called FANO. And the acronym for FANO, F-A-N-O, it stands for Feelings, Affirmations, Needs, and Ownership. So Blake, I'll let you talk about this a little bit. First, we uh, go weekly to the counselor, just about, or, th- or, th- or three times a month. And we really don't need it for our marriage now, but it's helping us uh, with raising our child. So, But it also feels good uh, to, to go, too. So... I hope that stigma, because most men won't want to go to this, and uh, it's helped me a lot. All right, so feelings. So if you need to pull out this podcast and listen to this with, like, in the background while your partner is listening so that he can pick up on all of this, feel free to go ahead and do that. Okay. <laughs> all right, feelings. It's all about your core feelings. It's okay. We talked to our daughter about it. It's okay to say you're mad and you're sad or you're angry. Uh, and those typically are the negative feelings what tear relationships apart. A couple other uh, of the negative is uh, guilty, uh, ashamed, lonely, inadequate, and hopeless. And uh, those are the things you want to try to say to your partner how you're feeling and make sure it's about you. I feel anxious because the house is a mess. Can you, and the way I need to, to do this is to say, Julie, can you please help me with this? It'll make me feel better. And that's a more polite way instead of saying, uh, man you're such a slob and it's a it's a lose-lose for everybody yeah now the happy the the positive core feelings because you also want to have to look for the positives in your relationship are happy glad content excited grateful hopeful joy and optimistic so just like the negative ones it's, it's easier to to feel good about the good ones obviously um so that's part of the fano is saying what you're feeling at the moment and then look for that affirmation in your partner. And I'll let you talk about affirmation because even I still get a little confused on that. Well, affirmation to me is just really affirming your partner and giving them a feel good, right? And I've got my friend Kim's voice in my head as I say this because she would be laughing at me right now. But, you know, early on when I was trying to do more around the house, I mean, it was probably five years where you did the dishes every day and I... I never did dishes, not once for five years. And when I did do the dishes, I'd be like, well, where's my gold star? Like, why doesn't he say, <laughs> yeah, thanks for doing the dishes? And uh, 
I didn't get that because in reality, the fact of the matter was I wasn't carrying my weight around the house. I wasn't doing just the basics of what needed to be done for me to take on my share of the responsibilities. So of course he wasn't giving me that. But an affirmation would be to say, you know, you did a great job with this or thank you so much for taking on this yesterday. It really helped me out or it was so cute the way that you were talking with Elle and the way you comforted her and consoled her. I just could see how much that made her feel better. You know, just different ways of telling our partner, hey, you're doing a really good job at this or you're doing a really good job at that. Now, I'm gonna, I might digress here a little bit. A good way to say something to your partner and even through a text is, can I help you with anything? Would it be helpful for me to pick up our daughter? Would it be helpful for me to do this? And sometimes just saying that just makes your partner appreciate that much more. Yeah, no, totally. You're really, really good at that. So back to Fano, F-A, feelings, affirmations, N is for needs. If we aren't feeling our own feelings, our emotions, then we're not understanding what we need in every day or even throughout our day. But once we tap into those feelings, we can then understand what we need. And really it changes, at at least for me personally, every day. You know, sometimes I need touch. Sometimes I need us to stay in our home and I need us to connect us three as a family unit. Sometimes I need us to get out of the house. Sometimes I need verbalization of you're doing a good job or I love you or just talking more. So that chip is not in my head or most men, yeah. most men's head. And uh, be direct. You need to say, I need you to do this for me. I need us to do this. Could you please do this? Because that's what I need right now. And that's helpful to a man because I don't register stuff that way. Yeah, and sometimes us as women, we don't register it right away either. You know, when we were first kind of going through counseling, I can remember three years ago sitting on the couch. You know, it's been longer than that. It's been like four or five years. But I can remember when we first started sitting on the couch and watching a movie with Blake. And he was on one side of the couch. I was on the other. We've got this big L couch. And I was really needing at that point to feel touch and feel love and just feel held, right? That safety and security need. And I didn't say that. I didn't even know that because at the time I wasn't processing my feelings. So the way that it came through within my mind was, well, what's wrong? Is he mad at me? What's going on? Why isn't he over here touching me, hugging me? And instead of focusing on watching the movie, now I'm caught up in my thoughts and I'm getting angry about the thoughts. And I can remember going to bed angry, waking up the next morning, and now I've got this vibe of anger like hanging off of me, right? And I remember the next morning you go, what's wrong? And I said, nothing, you know, because I'm like, he should know. He should know that I just wanted to be held on the couch. And he doesn't. So I had to learn that my part, my part in this marriage is to be able to understand myself, my feelings, my emotions, my thoughts in order to be able to communicate my needs and to get those needs met. Because unless I do that, he's not going to understand what I need. 
And then there, there's going to be this resentment that grows within me. But that's because I'm blaming him. Instead of taking ownership, which is the next piece of FANO, O is for ownership. Ownership is owning your piece of the pie, your part of the responsibility. So the ownership in that was that Blake couldn't have known what I needed in that moment. The fact of the matter is that I didn't really even know because I wasn't tapping into my own feelings, thoughts, and emotions. So ownership. You want to talk a little bit about ownership too? Uh, I can't think right now. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So ownership, it comes down to you owning the way that you react, the way that you come across, your actions and how you're perceived by the other person. And if you're in the wrong sometimes, it's, well, if you're in the wrong all the time, it's coming across and saying, I'm sorry, you know, that wasn't you yesterday when I um, got upset. That was me. And let's talk about it. Yeah. Okay. Number three, uh, our counselor says criticalness is the number one way to kill a relationship. So I just got edited right now because my wife is being critical. (laughs) (laughs) Only because you crack inappropriate jokes. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I am super critical. I am insanely critical. I'm a a middle school teacher. Band director. I'm a band director. I'm a musician. It's how you got to be perfect all the time and i'm not on this level of performing with the chicago symphony orchestra but you know when you go through college you got to know what you're doing and that's the way i kind of raised how i was raised from uh, my teachers uh probably even my father is how do you become the best that you can be and uh And I think it also comes down to you direct all day long. I mean, you've got hundreds of kids at multiple different schools and you have to direct them in order to get that teaching done. Um, And I hear this from a lot of women across the board, you know, that their husbands are at work or they're at work and they're directing all day long. And when you come home, you can't turn off that directingness. And I think it's, it's accurate to say, Men just want to fix the problem. And one of the best ways to fix it is just to say, can I help you with something? Do you need something from me? A lot of times men, I know I would just say, do it this way and then you won't have a problem anymore, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think there was criticalness that came out in like different ways. And I don't think that this is just you. I think that this is a bigger issue with just people across the board. And I've seen it sometimes where my female clients are the critical party. But criticalness, you know, it just starts to get underneath your skin as the peop- the person who's being criticized because you start to feel like you can't live your life. Like there was a point at the beginning where you don't like Dave Matthews. You're critical of Dave Matthews. I love Dave Matthews. Dave Matthews gets me into a high vibe. I get blissed out. I'm just so happy listening to the music. Reminds me of fun memories. And so I would stop listening to my music because you didn't like it. But then that took away a part of who I am. And so if a person is coming in and they're critical, not only about the music, but the TV shows and how you dress or different stuff. And you never said anything about the way that I dress, but I'm just kind of going into other things that I've heard before from other people. There's so much criticalness that it cuts you down as a human being to the point where you don't even know who you are as a person anymore. I would agree. Yeah. 
I, I feel bad. Yeah. And that was never my intention. I didn't know that I was coming across that strong. And that's where, you know, Julie would have to say, or we learned to say, I feel hurt when you say those things about me. And we, we need to work through this. And that's your problem that you don't like this. But I do, so I'm going to keep listening to Dave Matthews. <laughs> but that's not how you, you did it at first. And, yeah. And, yeah. and it was good that Julie advocated for herself and for our marriage. Well, and I think it's good for people, too, to see that you can go through some bigger things and um, make it through okay. You know, I mean, we didn't go through big, big things, littler things, but um, we were still two parties who were hurt at one time, and we worked to fix this, and we really did a great job at that. And what it comes down to is we weren't connecting, and that's what our counselor talked about. You are not connecting, and uh, it makes all the sense in the world now. And it took me probably two years to really understand that concept, but it makes such a difference when you can talk to your partner and talk about your feelings. Yeah. Do you think that we, because I know I didn't, did you see your parents talking a lot when you were younger? I don't remember my Uh, parents. Yeah, it's, you know, but we didn't have great relationships that were modeled for us. We didn't have relationships that worked that were, were modeled for us. Or healthy relationships. Yeah. You watch these other just things on TV or movies and you think they have it all. It's how, how this isn't hard. Why are we having these problems? I'm not this awful person. And why are we feeling, why are we having this frustrations and why are we critical of ourselves? Yeah. Okay. Number four, your partner comes number one, no talking sideways. So talking sideways and it, and it, wow, it, it was like a firework that went off in my head when our, my counselor said this. And I think it was in a one-on-one meeting. And, and there are times where you want to please two people that you love. So there's times, like with talking sideways, that you can kind of play two people that you love a little bit. Like if you are trying to please two people within your family, you could be talking to one person. You're like, oh, yeah, I could totally see that about the other person. Or you're talking to the other person and and they're saying something bad about the third party. And you're like, oh, yeah, I could totally see that. Or you're kind of nodding your head. And it becomes this triangle. And the healthy thing would be to not do that at all, not have that triangulation. And really, we're getting into our our other point here, number five, of being mindful about how you talk about your partner. Uh, We've got friends who don't talk about their partner to anybody else and their family to their friends. They don't talk negatively about their partners at all. And that's probably um, the ideal way to go about it. Because what you don't want to happen is have this triangulation. It would be so healthy if people would just stop us and say, you know what, this isn't a really healthy conversation to have. Blake, actually, you've become so good at, at saying this um, with, when we're in conversations with other people. And you just say, you know what, that's their life. We shouldn't be talking about them like this. Let's move on to a different subject. Well, and I've totally changed. I don't want to talk negative about other people. It's just not healthy. It's it's so easy to trash on people and you don't get anywhere with it. And if anything, you're going to start projecting shame onto that person. And uh, that's not fair. That's not right. Probably the easiest stuff to get into fights with over anybody. Hey, let's talk about religion. Let's talk about politics. And boy, does that tear people apart. 
you know, you just want to focus on your family. And if you could avoid those conversations and just simply say, I really don't want to talk about this. This makes me uncomfortable. They should be respectful and leave it. And if they aren't, you're drawing a boundary that I don't want to have this and I'm just going to leave. And when you leave, they'll either change and come around to not talking about those things or you don't come back and you lost that person. But maybe that's not a bad thing either. Absolutely. Boundaries and shame are two of the biggest things. I think we've talked about this before on the podcast, but there was a a man in the spiritual community by the name of David Hawkins, and he went on to study the different vibrational frequencies of emotions. And what he found that if, and I'm just kind of talking about this off the cuff here, but let's say love is 1,000 then fear is 100 shame is at a number 20 that's how he that's what he found the percentages were the levels were on these different emotions so shame is the lowest emotion that is and when you shame someone you are taking them to a vibrational frequency that they don't want to be in. And then you have people who are just trying to defend themselves to come out of that vibrational frequency and feel better about themselves. So staying out of the shame tank and really not shaming other people, not shaming yourself is a huge piece of this whole puzzle. Tip number six is learning to say no. I'll let you take this one. So I am a pleaser. I will do just about anything for anybody if, it, if I could help them. That's just my nature. If I could help you, I will. But it takes up my time. And when I say yes to somebody, I'm saying no to myself. Maybe that means I can't work out as long as I want to or watch a show. I might be saying no to my wife or no to my child because it's my time. And one of the lessons that we, we talked about with our counselor is helping somebody may not really be helpful to them. If I keep on doing things at my dad's house because he's older, it's really not helping him and it's just I'm enabling him. And I love my dad and I don't want him to you know waste money, but it's my time and my time's it's, it's more than money right now. As we all know that time is just so precious when we have a little one and we have a spouse. And uh, it's, it's okay to say no. And some people might say, well, I would feel so guilty if I didn't do this for my mom. Or I would feel so guilty if I didn't do this for my dad. But what you're really doing by doing everything for other people or other neighbors, you're creating um, a reliance of them on you. So they have to rely on you for their needs. And then when you don't produce for them, then they get mad at you, right? But it's not your problem. It's not your responsibility. Everyone has to take ownership for themselves, for their lives, for their own stuff. Number seven is the point system. I'm going to let you explain the point system. So if you go to Hawaii and spend a lot of money... (laughs) That's only worth one point. It's not like uh, two weeks after, why is my wife angry at me? I just took her to Hawaii. She should be content for the next, say, six months. (laughs) It's important to know. (laughs) Or buying a car. Um, It's important to do these small little things like... uh, Buying Yankee candles. So I bought some candles and a little something that made a big difference. And it was just, I was thinking of you. Yeah. And uh, writing a little note. Uh, ahead of time like for the anniversary or birthday just saying thank you 
So what our counselor said is that there is like a point system within marriage, right? And it's not about keeping score one side or the other. It's about being spontaneous with your partner, treating your partner, keeping that spontaneity alive, surprise alive within your relationship. And just really, it, it just keeps that spark there, right? So with the point system, what men tend to think and what Blake's trying to say is that like if you go to Hawaii or if your wife gets a new car, your partner gets a new car, you'd think that that would be worth like 10,000 points, right? But it's not. Every single thing, no matter whether it's big or it's little, is just one point. So if you go to Hawaii, one point. If you Me, me doing this podcast <laughs> right now, one point. One point. Yeah. And, um, and he was. He was so sweet. Blake doesn't really like candles with a wick because, well, and I don't really like it either. Our neighbor's house, they had a big fire and it took a lot to just kind of get that house back to normal and status quo. And we've seen um, fires uh, start because it's of dangerous. candles. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's dangerous. I like candles. I love the way that they smell. So he came home one day with the Yankee candle, no uh, no wick, it's just a melt, and it makes the house smell so delicious and so fragrant, and there's all these different scents for each different time of the year, and I just loved it. Well, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. No, it was just something really sweet. And those that's one of the things about just being in the moment and being connected. So that's you're connecting with your partner. Just these little moments. And just so you know, we went to the counselor's office one day and I had written out all of the things that I love and that would be a surprise to me just to kind of help him to understand because I don't like flowers. If somebody comes home with flowers for me, I just think, oh gosh, what a waste. These beautiful flowers that were outside and now they're going to die, you know, within a week. Most people love flowers, right? But I just don't. So I helped my husband, my partner, by giving him a list of all of the things that I love. And and he does surprise me. You surprised me with tickets to a play and took me out to a play this year. And Man dumb. Must need to be told directly what to do. <laughs> I don't think that's fair, but definitely the direct part. Um, Okay, number eight is something that I've come across in most of my sessions. When you have two people who are in a relationship, you tend to have one who is a fast processor of information and one person who is a slower processor of information. And this plays out, I'm sure you've seen it, where one person is upset about something and comes to the other person and just wants to have that huge conversation right then and there. They just want to get it all out on the table. And the person who is talking is probably the fast processor in this scenario. And the person who is listening is in the slow processor category. And they're just not ready for that conversation yet. So you have to understand this about people in general people in general and about relationships, that not everybody processes information at the same pace. So if that person can't process as fast as you, and most people can't, it's 50-50 out there in the population, 
then what you need to do is not come at them and ask them to have that conversation right away, but say, hey, you know, this is something that I've been thinking about. This is something that's upsetting me. I want to let you know where I stand on this right now so that you can think about it a little bit and then we can come together and have a conversation about it because I know that you're probably just going to need some time to think about it. That way, both people can come to the conversation on equal footing. And Blake, as we were talking through these ideas, you said it's not only that, but there's some people like you who think long term, and there's some people who are like more me, and they think more in the now. I see so far into the future and trying to think about retirement and how can we plan our daughter's education, all these different things. And our counselor talked about you would not want to marry somebody like you. That would drive you even more insane. Like and if you married the person who's like your, like the exact same person that you are. Yeah, you need the yin and the yang. Julie compliments me because I'm looking in the future and she brings me into the now. And I compliment her because... I'm thinking about right now riding those jet skis. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, we could have made a couple hundred dollars. But what, what do these memories cost? And the memories cost so much more. And that's what's been very, very helpful uh, in these last handful of years, living in the now and and having that yin and the yang. And just, I need to slow down to enjoy the moment. Number nine is you must take responsibility for your own happiness. And I know we don't talk a lot about shoulds or we don't want to use should language and you say, You're shouldn't on me. You're shouldn't on me. You must do this. What? Yes. Um, I think all too often we've seen in the movies and different experts that are on and all these people of what the ideal relationship should be. And really there is no ideal relationship. There isn't any anybody out there who can make you 100% happy all of the time. It's really up to you to be that for yourself, to understand your feelings, your thoughts, your emotions, to understand what you need when, because it changes throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the seasons. And if you're not going to take that responsibility for yourself, how is anybody else supposed to know what is going to make you happy? What is going to fill you up inside? So we can't rely on that other person to do that for us. We have to take responsibility for feeding ourselves and giving ourselves what we need all the time. So I suffer from depression on some level. And what I just got to know, hey, in the winter... There's no sunlight or very limited. I'm inside all day. I need to get in front of a a happy light. I need to run. And I don't want to run. I hate running. But it will make me feel better. And that's my own responsibility. Popping a pill has not helped. I mean, it's helped a little bit. But I'm kind of at that stage where I'm doing everything I can. You got to run. You got to eat better. And it's so hard to do that. And I'm lacking in that responsibility right now. I'm trying to say I'm responsible for that. I got to own this. But you're doing so good at that. I think we're both doing what we're doing so good at in our marriage right now. Even though it's not 100%, we both feel so good about our marriage right now. We both have felt that way for a really long time. We both feel like we're connecting and we've got that togetherness. And really, we're in such a healthy place because we're both taking ownership of our own stuff. You know, you take ownership of that and I take ownership over the fact that I could spend 
90% of my day working and um, never clean. And I would be okay with that, but that would give you so much anxiety. So I do try and step it up and, and help out in different ways so that you don't have that. So the bottom line of this one is you have to give yourself the gift of getting yourself the help and the tools that you need to be the best version of yourself and the happiest that you can be. Because if you don't, nobody else can do this for you. And you're like, Julie, but no, there's that soulmate, that person that's perfect for me out there and they're going to know everything that I need at every moment. And if that's you, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry to burst that bubble, but there really isn't. And the more that you... Man dumb must be direct. And it is about being direct. It is about coming to somebody and saying, hey, I'm having a crap day. I just need you to hold me for 10 minutes or 15 minutes and just, I don't want to talk. I just need to be held. Or, hey, I need to go out for dinner tonight and just let's have a good time. I just need to blow off some steam. Well, in one of our sessions, our counselor said, well, what do you think about this? And I was kind of repeating everything and giving my answer. And he kind of looked at me and said, well, that you said all the right things, <laughs> but all you had to really do was say, what can I do to help? And it was so simple. You really didn't need to do anything. You just have to say, what can I do? Yeah. Or I'm here for you. What do you need from me? Yeah. Or do you need anything from me? Yeah. No, that's perfect. And that's worth one point. Woohoo! Last but not least is choose love. So there are times where you are going to be angry at your partner. So angry that you can just feel this yucky vibration throughout your entire body, throughout your bones. And at that point, when you are that angry, you can feel the, the negative vibration of it. What happens is your mind can start to ruminate on that anger, play out the scenario over and over and over again. And at least for me, what happens is I have to sit down and I'll write it out 10 million times of these are my points and this is why I'm angry. And if you had just done this, 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 and this, then I wouldn't be in this position. And that's putting me in the shame tank. And that's putting you in the shame tank. Whereas you don't have to go into the negativity of all of those points. All you have to do is keep it high level and say, I am hurt because of this. I am hurt because of this. And when you keep it high level and you just go back to those core feelings, then you can really come back to a place of, I don't want to stay in anger for forever. I don't want to stay in this vibration. Come into a state of more love and communication with the other person and working through it because that's where you need to be. Anger is not going to help any situation. You have to come to a place of love. We do not have all the answers. We make mistakes, but our goal is to love each other and to be there for each other. And um, our counselors really helped us. I'm a better husband better father. I'm a much better father because of this. I'm a much better teacher. And if anything, this just helps out in all your relationships, how I can speak to my, my, my parents, my siblings, my students. And it's a really good thing to, to self-reflect on yourself. And again, as a guy, oh, that's the stigma going to a counselor, that's weakness. But it's so helpful. Why do you not want to try to make yourself better? And if somebody is laughing at you because you go to a counselor, you know, that's on them. You're just trying to make yourself better. 
So I don't, it's hard to just play this for your husband or your spouse or your boyfriend or whoever, but it's okay to get help. It's okay to want to be the best you so you can have a great relationship with anybody. And to our wonderful, special people who are getting married this weekend, we wish you so much love. We're sending you so much love, light, happiness, all the well wishes in the world for a beautiful, lifelong marriage together and relationship together. So I guess looking back at all of our tips, our number one tip is to have a really great marriage therapist, huh, Blake? Yeah, and go to one even when you you don't think that you have a problem. It will just help you when you do face things. Our counselors just taught us how do we turn towards each other, especially in times of difficulty. Absolutely. Going to a counselor doesn't mean that there are these big, huge, like marital flaws or issues within your marriage. It just means that two people want to have the healthiest, best marriage possible for one another and for themselves. And what could be more beautiful than that than giving one another that gift? Well, thank you, honey, so much for being on the show today. It was my pleasure. That's one point, right? Yep, one point. (laughs) You know, I'm just going back and thinking about this. And, you know, the other thing that I'd say is just have fun. Have fun with each other. Have so much fun coming together and creating different traditions and routines in your life. You know, Elle just walked in. Elle, can you say hi? <laughs> She's a little embarrassed. Um, but we created a tradition this year, a routine in our lives where, and I, I do know the difference between traditions and routines, but we have this routine where every night after dinner, we play cards or some type of game. Normally we play Kings in the Corner. And Al, do you like that every night when we play cards? Yeah. What do you like about it? Spending time with you and daddy? Yeah. Aww. So that's more of a routine, but we also have different traditions that we've created as a family unit. Every Thanksgiving, after Thanksgiving dinner, we go to the movies now with our pajamas on, our onesies, and we just have fun going to the movies and seeing our movie in pajamas. So have so much fun creating these traditions within your families and really creating the lives that you want to live. If you have traditions or routines that you want to share with me, hop on over to Facebook or Instagram and and connect with me there. You can find me over there at Angel Podcast. So you just type in the at sign Angel Podcast. You can also like my Facebook page and follow me on Instagram so that you are connected with me over there and you receive the daily angel message that I put out on social media. For everyone listening, please know just how much you are loved on the other side. I was teaching the angel school last week and one of the most powerful things was my student who said, I can feel the energy of other people. When I do this work, she said, I can feel their emotions, their sadness, their grief, their love, their joy. And what comes through so profoundly from the other side is just how much you are always connected. 
to your angels, to your guides, to your loved ones on the other side, and always to God, because you are a piece of God. You can never lose that connection. That connection can never be taken away from you. It is who and what you truly are. And really, you're not doing this journey of life alone. You have so many people who love you here, but you also have so many people who are loving you from the other side and who want the best for you. So please open up your heart this week. Just imagine yourself opening up your heart and your heart chakra, the energy surrounding your heart, open it up like as if they were French doors, right? And just see all of this love, all of the joy, all of the peace from God, your angels, your loved ones on the other side. See that energy flowing from them to you through your heart and just allow that energy to fill your entire being mind, body, and soul so that you really absorb it into the core of yourself that you are so loved. You are surrounded every moment of every day by beings who are there to help guide you and protect you. And God and your angels love it more than anything when you come to them and ask them for help. Talk to them. Tell them what you're going through. Ask them to support you. Ask them specifically for what you need. Or if you don't know what you need, ask them to provide you with the best case scenario. Ask them to provide you with whatever it is that you do need because they see the bigger picture. I hope you can do this throughout your week. I hope that you can open up your heart to all of those unexpected blessings that they're trying to bring through to you. Just a reminder, the Angel School is Saturday, September 21st and Sunday, September 22nd. If you want more information, visit my website. If you want to get registered, email me. Or if you've got questions, just reach out and I can help you with that. Also, if you want to book a session, you can do that on my website or by emailing me. And don't forget to leave your positive review. Give us five stars. If you want to be entered even more times, you can always... Oh, (laughs) Al, I see your little head poking through. Al's come back to help me record. But what I was saying is if you want to be entered even more times to win, you can grab your friend's phone. You can put in a review on there if they haven't already. Give us five stars, a positive review. Email that positive review to me by cutting it and pasting it or sending me a screenshot. And I will enter you into that drawing for August to win a free session. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for being here. Elle is jumping on my bed. And we hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Peace, bliss, and many, many blessings to you, my friends.